Welcome to the Beis Havad for our discussions of prevalent halachic issues. We are joined today by Rabbi Yeshua Wolf, the Manal of the Beis Havad. Two parties come to some form of an ambiguous oral agreement, and then one of them, wishing to kind of concretize it, sends a note of some sort to the other party, maybe by text message, by email, by WhatsApp, and the second party does not respond. The question is, does his silence indicate some form of consent as shtika koida? So from a halachic standpoint, could we assume that the second party is in agreement with the details and the parameters shared by the first one? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, generally, many, many times in halacha and chayish but we find that one party's silence cannot be, it cannot be construed as an admission or as consent, but... But there definitely are exceptions to that. And I would say that the way to judge these cases generally is by using common sense. But there definitely are some tests that we would, if we would sort of apply some kind of a protocol, there are definitely some tests that we would look at for objective material to make that determination. But certainly, if a person comes over to me and tells me, you owe me $100 and I just blow them off and don't respond, that definitely would not be an admission. There's no reason for me to react to that. But what we're talking about over here is where you have two parties to a transaction and they do have a business relationship and there is good reason for one party to respond to the other one and to clarify an agreement. So we have to really get into their head and try to understand why is it then that they have not responded and they have not set the record straight one of the most obvious possibility would be in these instances is that they do consent to what they said. Most times you would expect someone to answer you and to set the record straight. So why are they not responding? So if we were sort of to put together a protocol based on different chuvas in the play scheme, I would say that some key tests would be, first of all, has the silent party already expressed his opinion or position on this matter. That would definitely explain why he's not responding now because it's redundant. I've already told you what, what I mean. So, I mean that, so in your question where we're talking about an ambiguous agreement, then perhaps that would not apply and that would not be a good reason. But also if the person didn't respond, is there a possibility that maybe they didn't receive the message? The message may have been sent, but maybe they didn't receive it. So how would that... Right, yeah, certainly. I mean, people, when they come to Besdin, they come with whole lists of text messages and WhatsApps, and there's all kinds of communications these days. Oftentimes, these messages are documented, but that's true. If it wasn't a phone call, um, then then that might be an issue at play. Did it ever happen? But certainly you'd want to have some kind of written documentation or at the very least, if it was through a phone call to write down the date and time that it happened so you'll have some credibility in saying that this conversation took place and they can't just deny it. Um, another test that I would, that I would look to, to apply here is what is he consenting to? Is he consenting to just kind of a verbal statement that the other party made which may not elicit a response from you? Or... Is it something more severe, like an action that he's taking against you? Suppose, for instance, he's intruding in your property, he's coming and taking something. That would, if he's taking something on terms that were not agreed upon, that would be more likely to elicit a response than if it was just a statement that you made. It's certainly less powerful. Another thing that, that, that I would look at is, is it to the advantage of the silent party to not respond? That would certainly explain, that would give us a way to explain why they've not responded in a way that does not just mean that they consent. They didn't respond because it was for some reason to their advantage and it can be easily explained. And 
the final way that, that I think there's good basis in the play scheme, another objective criteria to look at is, was it before the fact or after the fact? Obviously, if you're coming and, and, and telling me something about a transaction that we already made and everything is done, then it's not really relevant for me to set the record straight because it, it was already done on the terms that were on the table at the time. So and there are no I ramifications because it's already something that's been resolved? Or even if it's still something that's in a negotiation, but because it's already been discussed and ironed out. Well, we'd be talking about after a Kenyan, after a purchase, meaning to say when the transaction has been effectuated, when everything is final, then there might not be any sense in me coming back and trying to clarify anything because what's been done is done. Now, if we want to go back and change the agreement that we had already made to get rid of the ambiguity, that would be a wise thing to do. But but in terms of whether or not my silence, if my silence can be construed as an admission, if it's not relevant and what's been done is done, then it's very possible the reason why I did not respond is because that in my view that the Kenyan has already taken place and there's no need for me to further clarify anything. If you enjoyed this video and would like to receive additional ones or to sponsor future videos, please click the link below or visit basehava.org.